Probably the best school radio station in the world. This is Bry Radio. Proudly sponsored by the BPA. Both won. Oh, we've played them three times, we've beaten them twice and lost once. But the two, the first two we won were absolute nail biters. Came down to catches being held in the outfield, uh, dot balls being held on and two at the end of the innings. Um, and they were just, they were really, really good team efforts. I remember particularly in the second one, which was the first round of the cup, we batted first and got 160-odd. And, and Mr. Calvin and myself said to them um, at the halfway point, the the next hour and a half is going to prove how much you want to win a cricket match. Um, and they responded very well, and they went and got us the result. Fantastic. And, you know, I've I've been uh, working with these players as well from, well, Mr. Morris and I have seen them a lot in, in, from, in our kind of under-15 coaching guys. And, yeah, there's definitely some... Uh, players to watch out for. I like I like the fact you have got that interesting spin bowling attack. You know, several different uh, spinners in the team potentially. There's also um, Will K as well as Matteo P and Leo C. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Will has come on very well as a bowler this year, and I think a real highlight for me um, relating to Will was when we played Camford. So we we bowled Camford out for 120, which was a very good. Um, effort from us will comes into bat number three he he gets a jaffa first ball. he gets a very good ball nicks off to gully walks off kit flying everywhere and he says this is schoolboy cricket why on earth would they have a gully um and i think i think my response was like will the reason they have a gully is exactly what you just saw yeah Yeah. um that was that was a comical moment i'm not sure i've conveyed that particularly funnily um but at the moment it was very very amusing but yeah, no, Will's come on a long, a long way this season. Nice. So lots of positives, I reckon, to take out of an under-14 season. That is, you know, in terms of results, sounds quite mixed, uh, but but nevertheless po- positives. A final word, I guess, Mr. Carter, on your departing coach. How has it been to work with uh, Mr. Calver? And do you have any final words for him yeah, it's as, been he, a, as he leaves the, it, the setup? It's It's been a lot of fun. I think we've been able to dovetail nicely amongst cricket and football over the last, last two years. Um so it'll be a shame to see him go. Um, it might expose me as a little, a little bit as a coach over the next year. Um, but I look forward to forming a new partnership with uh, whoever it will be. Whoever it will be, right? So talking equally with a uh, mixed season, but but some definite positives to take out of it. We'll move on to the under 15s of which three of us here are absolute experts because we happen to in this studio have uh, the two coaches and also the captain of the team, uh, who it should be said uh, had sustained a rather unpleasant injury for the final couple of games. We can we can get him on that at some point uh, anyway. Uh, right, uh, let's uh, chat about under-15 cricket. Mr Morris, uh, what have been the highlights for you? What have been the key takeaways from the season? Um, I think a key takeaway for me from this season would be just the improvement the team's gone through throughout the season. Um, Results-wise, if you looked at it on paper, wouldn't be the world's best season. Um only a couple of wins, I believe. But I think a standout for me was a game I actually missed myself. But well, where, and I as well. And Dr. Pullen, the, yeah. where the boys chased down 207 to win against Claysmore. Um, Jacko getting 100 for the school. And um, ably supported by Ed W. Um, and other boys in the side as well. And that's a great, to show you that sort of fight and chase in a season where perhaps runs have been in short numbers. Mm-hmm. Um was just a, a great highlight for me. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, uh, f- out of, 
there are a few boys did stick up uh, and put their hands up with the bat this season. Certainly, someone on my left did, but also uh, Jack O as well, as you as you mentioned. I mean, and probably the well, the game of which you speak is this our second game against Claysmore, um, which saw him get what must be a Bryanston record, I imagine, in terms of hundreds. Uh, he got a hundred off about seventy balls, I believe. Uh, 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 and according to Mr. Morris, who was who happened to be coaching in our absence that day, it was an unbelievably destructive innings. Hugh, what have been the highlights uh, uh, for the season for you? Well, it's just the results haven't gone our way, but just playing playing cricket with everyone has been so, so much fun. E- even when we've been losing, everyone's been so upbeat. Pe- all sorts of people have been scoring runs, taking wickets. It's just been great fun. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, the bowling attack is definitely... I mean, it's raised a few eyebrows. I think... There is potential to there's you know there's a potentially really good seam attack uh, to work with there you know people like Kingsley P, um, Ed W, uh, uh, Chris S, uh, Joe C, um, and uh, and you know going even further like Rory M, Charlie M. There's some good bowlers there uh, who the school uh, will be working hard on in the next few years to build them up and turn them into proper um, uh, sort of first team potential uh, seam bowlers. Also, obviously, the the talent of uh, Josh H with bat and bowl, um, uh, bowling spin and batting in the top order. Mr. Morris, do you agree with this? No, absolutely. I think another another big positive for myself, especially, I'm sure Dr. Pullenfield is as well, is a huge amount of our under-15s boys have played a lot in the first 11 this season mm. and have earned first first 11 caps for playing a certain amount of games. So, I mean, that, that's a great thing to show. For, I mean, some people jokingly call it the academy. and. Yeah. It's great to show that we are actually producing players that can go on to play first eleven cricket. Yeah, absolutely. And I think something that's worth mentioning in that regard is the fact, and it's got a nice segue, I believe, into more into the senior teams. Uh, the fact that you know they played the Royal Household, what, what, what can only really be described as a junior first eleven, played the Royal Household on Sunday and got a really hard earned draw. Um, out of that against you know a team of proper uh, adult club cricketers um, and I think that again with the first team that's that's the positive to focus on you know the results this season haven't been great I think we'll agree but there have been some really great positives to take out which have been the development of some younger players some good wins in there as well um, um, and, and you know a really exciting new generation of young Bryanston players um, coming through I mean, you look at that first team in next year, and if you combine, say, people like Finn W and and George L uh, in, in currently in B uh, with uh, J P H in 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 uh, A three, and then those under 15s going into next year's B, um, it, it suddenly becomes quite an exciting prospect. What do you make of that, chaps? Well, there appear to be about 15 players who could easily be playing first team and would walk into most teams. It'll be quite a young team, so yeah, it'll be building quite a lot of experience. And by the time my year group gets into A3 and A2, there'll be so many experienced first team players that will be punching above Bryanston's weight in cricket, I imagine. Yeah, absolutely, Hugh. And do you have ambitions to be pushing for a slot in that team next year? Well, yeah, I certainly have ambitions, but with the amount of players available, it's going to be a fight to get through hopefully the winter program can yeah well you you did until until the the unfortunate moment which we won't dwell too much on i don't think you had you had a really good season uh keeping which was great to see and you know mr morris and i were impressed with that throughout um right okay so i think let's i think we'll, we'll take the positives out of this cricket season the results haven't been ideal um but sorry I think we should probably mention the girls as well. The girls, of course, the girls. Thank you, Mr. Morris, for reminding me. Yeah, the girls uh, had, well, arguably the, probably the season 
of uh, the best season out of anyone, really. Um, some real positives there from the girls' first eleven. They were our team of the week uh, last month, um, uh, uh, which is um, was well deserved, uh, and some real superstars uh, emerging from there. Uh, Mr. Morris, any thoughts? I think it's been great to see um, girls' cricket just growing this year, Brian. I mean, it wasn't when I was people here. It wasn't wasn't a factor at all, and to see that growing as a as a games option and a major game for girls has been really lovely to see, and it's been lovely to coach on as well. Um, I'm sure some of the boys won't mind me saying it's some often easier to coach the girls. Occasionally, they tend to listen um, more than some of the boys, and that's just lovely as a coach when you can see people actually taking on board your advice and what you're telling them. And they go out on a Saturday and they're scoring runs, and and you can just see it actually coming into fruition what they're training. And it's just been lovely to watch these girls fall in love with the game that. Both myself, Dr. Pullen, and Hugh over here, all we all love, and it's so great to see more people falling in love with that game. Absolutely, that girls, that girls team that's emerged this year is certainly one to watch uh, going forward, and let's hope they all show up uh, at the winter program as well, uh, which is very exciting. And, and you know, that's that's how I feel as a cricket club. We will develop by more people doing the full winter program, uh, at, um, and cricket is a, basically an all-year-round sport, really. Uh, so, uh, from girls' cricket to girls' tennis, we're going to be talking next after we play a quick song by the Beatles, a quick summer song.
so we are back on Bry Radio Air. Uh, you can get in contact with us by uh, getting on contact with all the normal numbers. I can't see them. Calling us on triple on zero triple three triple five two triple five or texting us on double six triple seven. The time is now eight thirty two, and I'm joined by some of the uh, senior girls tennis players. What's up? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hello, Eleanor. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Yeah, I've got thanks. <laughs> I've got here with me uh, Eleanor Bells and Henrietta. So, uh, just just the usual question, uh, girls, before you 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 start talking. Have any of you been on air before? Have you, is, or is this? Some yeah, actually, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. First time, actually. <laughs> What what show have you been? I on was on the politics show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Talked about Ukraine crisis, you oh, know, party right. gate. It was pretty party. awesome. Oh yeah. right, so that's so the, that is uh, Mr. Waters's famous show, um, which I don't know whether there are any more episodes uh, this this season, but uh, we'll be back in September, I'm sure, with some. <laughs> Some real characters, evidently. Um, so, girls, we are not going to be talking politics today. We're going to be talking tennis. Um, so, just first of all, which teams do you play for? Are you first teamers, second teamers, or mixture? So, me and Anna are actually third pair of the first team. Third pair of the first team. <laughs> yeah. These are A3s as well, <laughs> listeners. So, um, so yeah, that's a good achievement, Thank I'd you. say. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. First pair of the second team. First <laughs> pair of the second team. <laughs> for, for, yeah. for, oh, oh, God. Sorry. <laughs> Um, and so, okay, so girls, who are your who are your who've been your coaches this season? Then shout out to Miss Peck. Peck, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. love you, oh, um, Ian and Ian, Ian. Yeah. Ian. Oh, and Neil, Ian. can't Every forget Tuesday. Neil and um, Dimitri, Dimitri. So these, yeah, okay, we've so had quite a few. So, so yeah, you can see, like like many other clubs, like the cricket club, they get a wide array uh, of sporting uh, expertise. Um, what what's it like working under Miss Peck? Is she she like a sort of laid back coach or, or uh, more you kind could of say that yeah yeah okay I she think, loves you know, to push you yeah okay so that's not so laid back really she's very good at motivating yeah team. that's very true okay. you know, we always yeah. get really hyped for matches we're on it you know okay good advice. We, me and bells have a, actually we want yeah have you won a match no, no. we haven't won a match, <laughs> <We> haven't won <laughs> a match <laughs> but that's okay. it's okay well yeah, we, it's as we always say on the uh on on sports talk it's the taking part that counts the representation it's not all about winning um, so, girls, which what sort of surfaces do you play on? Do you get to play on the grass courts? Yeah, we're yeah. terrace lads. Specialists on grass. Yeah. When yeah. it is raining, well, we actually, do actually. Yeah. I quite like it. it. And the yeah. grass one's quite fun to play on because now we know kind of the little Doesn't up, bounce, uneven ground so. so we can whack the, whole, the hill, sorry, and then we'll win the point. Okay, so you're talking about on the right side, there's a bit of, yeah. on the right yeah. court, there's a, bit of a there's a little bit of a dip. Yeah, I've had a little hit on them recently and I know exactly what you mean. The opposition having said that, expected. No, I'm never. Not, not a spectacular tennis player um, uh, myself. Um, and and so what? Do you normally play doubles or singles? Play doubles. Doubles. Yeah, doubles. doubles we have been recently playing. Yeah, well recently. Yeah. That's been quite. That's fun. been really fun. Okay, that's right. stressful both though. Sides, yeah. yeah. And so wait. So Bells and Eleanor, you're are you a, nor, a regular parent? A pair, yeah. What what what? Who plays backhand and who plays forehand? Eleanor's normally backhand. Yeah, Eleanor's forehand. normally backhand. Yeah. Who, who's the who's the better server? Out the Bells. Two? Bells. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I can't serve. <laughs> okay. Okay. Eleanor's so good at volleying though. Oh wow. We can always rely on her at the net. Okay, so there's a bit of a sort of nice dovetail yeah. Yeah. duo we're, we're, there. We're good duo. Yeah. yeah, and and Henrietta, who's your regular partner? I'm with good old Delphi. Good old Delphi. Yeah, good great, old Delphi. Great classicist. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, no. Um, yeah, That's so, her Latin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Latin can come in useful uh, on a tennis court as well. I'm sure. Surely can. <laughs> 
What, what, guys, what have been the highlights of the season so far? I've seen there's been some quite good, quite good wins against Camden. Yeah. Yeah. That was me and Delph, actually. You and Delph? Mm-hmm. Was that for the seconds? Or? Oh, team won 9-0 against Camford. 1-9-0? Yeah. Wow. Camford didn't win a single match. Was that yeah. mixed doubles? Yeah, yeah but Delphi was. was also in it. Uh, and Pauline, huh? Okay. Yeah. When was we that? Had, we had a very close one in the seconds because there was we won by one game overall because we went to t- my pair and I went to tie break about three times. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Just Bell, just make sure you talk into the microphone just so our listeners I listen. I am sharing with Alan. Hear, hear your words of wisdom. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Camford, obviously, always. All, we always like getting one up on Camford um, on the show. Mixed doubles, then, girls. How's have you all played that? As it's well? actually yeah, awesome. I yeah, I like actually some, really like it's it. Fun. Fun. It's who, good fun. Who have you who have you shared the court with in that regard? Um, I've done Carl. Carl. Okay. Dorset and then Flo. Flo. Florian. Okay, Florian. Nice. I've done with. Um, Lewis. Lewis, okay. Yeah, he's now yeah. on his GL. Yeah. Yep. And I've done with Woody in okay. Portman. Okay, nice, yeah. nice. Um, and I've played with Ollie and who I've played with oh, Charlie as well. Okay, so, and, and is that a regular format that the school plays or is that just a bit of a... It's been quite a new thing, actually. Yeah. 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 We didn't play I it much I think we're going to do year. more of it, though. It was really yeah. good yeah. fun. Yeah. I think yeah. everyone liked it. Well, is, there, are there, is there any sort of special techniques you use like that? Is I feel like well, Game like, plans? I think when when the guy's serving, that's just a free point because you got to just let them hit it yeah, as hard yeah, as they possibly so, can. Also, that's the boys' serves are very. Yeah. Yeah. Although yeah. Flo did actually hit me when he served. Okay. Yeah. Right on. That is unexpected. Yeah, it hurt a lot. That's a bit of a regular doubles problem yeah. in sort of. Yeah. Um, Sort of, yeah. Such an issue. Such an issue. <laughs> such an issue. And, and girls, do you play? Do you play tennis outside of school? Or? Yeah, yeah. I'm coaching yeah. in summer. Nice, yeah. nice. Do you have tennis courts at home, or do you play for clubs? Um, no, no, just play for the local club. Walk down to local club. Yeah. yeah. Very nice. Very yeah, nice. It's really awesome. And are you planning on? Are you planning on playing into A two as well? Yeah. I, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm not doing it. athletics or rowing, so, no, yeah, so I'll be doing tennis. <laughs> a bit like cricket, tennis does have that sort of real summer vibe about it. Yeah, doesn't it? You, yeah. you go down, you go down to the grass courts. There's people like pouring teas yeah, exactly. and mm. I have to lots say, though, of cake and the stuff. S- the scorch hand line that comes with it is oh actually God, just unacceptable. It's so bad. Okay, yeah. I also got a nice sock tan line. Nice sock tan line as well. No need for that. Yeah, I guess I guess with cricket wipes you don't really get that get get those problems, but yeah. Um, okay, um, so what about girls? Have you kept an eye on what's going on with tennis and the rest of the school? Do you know whether the boys had a good season or the juniors? I think the boys yeah, have had quite a good season. Good They're season. a really good team. Mm. Yeah. So you got Henry, who is very very good. Yeah, and Charlie's yeah. really Charlie good. Charlie okay. as well. Okay. So you've got some yeah. like either. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they've won or not. Yeah. but they are very. Yeah. They're a strong team. Yeah, very strong and, team. And, and do you ever? Co- uh, train with them as well, or is it generally uh, kept? Uh, sometimes yeah, sometimes you're training with them. Yeah. yeah, we're just on the kind of they stick to their side of the grass courts, and then we're on the other. But yeah, no, it was actually it's quite scary watching them play because, well, they're I really just, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, I mean, I mean, watching Wimbledon at the moment, obviously the classic thing is that female and male pen- tennis players, like what we've spoken about quite a lot with cricket or about cricket on this show, is they have different kind of skill set so have you guys been watching much Wimbledon recently or I haven't really had the time yeah I guess yeah, it, yeah. quite days. hard to watch TV at school yeah and also the, you guys have been presumably getting back exam results and more. yeah and also big big we'll, we'll keep it all on the download but I imagine there's been some big announcements this evening uh, and stuff. yeah there has we're, we're not going to reveal them on air because they're they're, they're, <laughs> they're too important <laughs> um, um and so girls I mean what 
so you'll play a bit of tennis over the summer and then are you are you hockey players in the winter well we're yeah. first team hockey yeah players. we are first team okay well i guess we can talk a little bit about that as well moving moving forward is that uh, what, what are our prospects like for that next t- next well, term i'm well, feeling like it's going to be a like, really I good think team the young season is going to be a good season yeah we've got a great pre-season to look forward to going down to exeter oh wow okay yeah it's it's the real deal hockey exeter is the real deal yeah the club there is fantastic and you so you've also got players like uh, rom and Athena. Yeah. are they hockey players yeah or? yeah yeah, that, yeah. yeah. and then um, there's, a, got, there's like, a couple of d's as well yeah, yeah. delilah delilah. delilah delilah she's yeah. in hero yeah because i saw hero. delilah play in a in a kind of an ob's game yeah yeah, yeah she's, she's really good so heroes in that as well heroes very good and then max what about, what about in b are there some really good, good hockey players in b uh you've got liv uh, Liv Dowling. yeah emily Emily, Jay. yeah, okay, Liv and Emily J. So yeah, so quite an exciting, exciting prospects. Who who coaches girls first hockey? Uh, Mr. Mr. Morris. Mr. Morris. Yeah. Okay, so so you got some real expertise yeah. there yeah. as well. All right, girls, it's been great to catch up. We're going to go into another song. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. Thanks for having us. I wish you you, uh, the rest of of a very happy evening. When we come back, people, we will hopefully be talking um, some uh, rowing and Henley. uh, But we'll we'll do that when we do that. Lovely to see you, girls. Bye. Thank you.
So once again, thank you to uh, Bells and Co for talking some uh, tennis with us. I'm now joined uh, by Jamie and Adam, and we're going to chat some rowing because there's been some fairly big uh, events in the world of school rowing um, over the past couple of weeks, not least Henley. Uh, welcome to the studios, chaps. Uh, thank you. Jamie, is thank this your you. debut in here as well? Yes, yeah, it is. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we've got another debutant on air on air tonight. Um, right, chaps. So tell me, first of all, uh, is, has Henley been the only really big recent regatta? Have there, be, have there been other things? Didn't you make a trip to Reading the other day as well? Yeah, we had a little trip to Reading. Uh with some success, we we won in our eight. Yeah, uh, beating was it Latimer? Yeah, yeah, Latimer. Yes, yeah, so yeah. we beat Latimer, uh, which is quite a good race. Uh, only fifteen hundred meters, so a little bit shorter than what we're used to. Yeah, okay. Uh, side by side, so side by side quite, as well. Quite good practice. Oh wow! So you actually yeah. Wrote, so yeah. yeah. Are you able to practice that here? Do you, Not on, quite. The fit... river's a little bit. Thin yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, so it was really good experience to be there, especially in the run up to Henley, because yeah. when you get to Henley, of course, you're racing side by side with one other crew. Yeah. So that was the first time we'd had the opportunity to practice that in an actual race. Yeah. So, um, is it normally then, if, if we would say host something at home, would it be a kind of time trial? Basically? Yeah, it's sort of a time trial thing. So when one boat races and it's timed and then another one goes behind it and races down as well. Okay. And so is has has our men's eight been our kind of main boat this year? Yeah, then? it has been Bryanson's flagship boat. Yeah. Okay. Flagship boat. I'll remember boat. that term. <laughs> that's, that's a good term. I like that. Yeah. Um, uh, and and so so you went from Reading and then the Blue Ribbon event, I guess, of the rowing season, Henley, right? Um, how, how did you guys fare there? Um, yeah, it was good. Uh, we we got there up there on Saturday. Yeah. Um, our first race was on Tuesday. We yeah. found out the draw on Saturday afternoon. Found out that we were uh, drawing against Dulwich. Um, we sort of hadn't really come across them before, but we uh, we had a look at them sort of uh, from previous races. They were quick. They were a quick crew, um, roughly eighth in the country at the moment, um, which is a pretty fast um, result. Yeah. And they, on paper, they were faster than us. Um, they beat us sort of, everywhere we'd been to before. Yeah, but we sort of, we, we put, that, put that aside. We sort of thought... The wonderful thing, wonderful thing about Henley is that anything can happen. Yeah. Um. There's been so many, so many races in the past yeah. where absolutely the unexpected has happened. Whether that's hitting the booms, which are the um big wooden um, mm -hmm. poles mm. that go along the course, or whether that's just um crews just put pulling through. And yeah. when it's side by side, you I mean, sort of just you, got them right there. Even earlier this week, I think yesterday or something, um, Radley beat. Uh, second place at national schools, so okay. silver medalist in national schools, and Radley came, I think, fifth uh, overall. So that was quite interesting to see. It wasn't expected at all. So, so there is definitely room for an upset, is what you're saying. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And am I right in saying Henley is also there are there are crews from outside of schools as well? Yes, and... lots of international crews. Yeah. Um. So we did some paddling with the Chinese national team. Was, was this before the before the uh, the re was this went uh, basically for the the when you went yeah. up on the on the weekend? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we sort of got there Saturday, did a, some um paddling on the water yeah. in the afternoon, then two sessions on Sunday, two sessions wow. on Monday, yeah. wow. and then raced um on Tuesday after another um quick quick paddle in the in the morning on Tuesday. Um. But yeah, I mean, so the the big thing to highlight is that. It is a massive highlight for schools, uh, schools rowing, but actually, it's the whole rowing community. It's yeah. 
it's um as many people describe it it's sort of like uh just world-class rowing um you get big big teams like uh, adam was saying how you get um the chinese national um eight was there so it was a women's uh four yeah, um, quad and um and another eight and you get australian um eight plenty coming. of americans as well There's yeah plenty of americans, americans that came over this year and when you train for example with, with did you say the chinese nas- national yeah team, were, were they were they helping you guys out as yeah well? so what happens is pretty much um with our training what we did when we got up there was you kind of you go up to the start do a little bit of practicing crossover crossover again and you come back down and really there's, there's obviously two sides um and when you get there, it's kind of like, like see who's there see what's going on um so we had uh the women's quad i believe that mm-hmm. was next to us um so we did a start together it's just to try and like push off each other and just have a bit of fun and all that and Thing, so. Wow! Wow! That must be such an experience, and I imagine I imagine uh, uh, Mr. Bolton is pretty well known in, yeah. in those circles. Yeah. Is he? He's he's very very well very known. Well known. Um, he's sort of he, he's cycling along the towpath um, next to the river, and sort of every sort of um, so two hundred meters, yeah. just getting stopped and um, chatting to yeah. some um, yeah. all manner of yeah, a couple lo- loads of people. An Oxford pair who raced today actually. Yeah. Um, they rode along past us while we were stopping talking to Mr. Bolton. They go, oh, Mr. Bolton, what are you doing here? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, yeah. He, he, he definitely knows quite a lot of people there. Remind our listeners, what's the highest level he's actually coached at? Uh, he coached uh, GB, yeah. uh, the juniors, so Mr. Moon. Yeah. He actually co- coached Mr. Moon. Oh, wow, okay. going to race at the 2016 Olympics. Yeah. So he got injured, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's been a world, like, world-class yeah, coach for quite a while, so. and I, and I guess you also have what two-time Olympian Miss Rodford, Miss Rodford, as, yeah, as yeah. Rodford, yeah, definitely got um some pretty good coaches. Yeah, they there's some heavy hitters definitely yeah. in the in yeah. the rowing in the rowing coaching team. I mean, yeah, a, an outstanding range and and wealth of experience. Mm. Um, uh, I guess so. Chaps, is is that the season over now, or is there more to more to come? Well, the se- first schools rowing, yeah. it does kind of finish at Henley yeah um but I know for a lot of clubs there's there's lots and lots of races and there's one a few months away from now back at the same uh, course at Henley yeah uh, for clubs the clubs are kind of rowing all year round really um but schools it kind of finishes at Henley and are either of you boys members of rowing clubs or do you keep your rowing inside school for I mean for both of us really it's just um inside school yeah um yeah. I, especially where I I live locally and where Adam is sort of unless you live around London um that's the main place where you get the yeah. clubs well, um and yeah. big clubs so sort of our rowing's mainly in the um in the term time but we sort of do cross training so um different different ways of um training during the yeah. uh during during the holidays yeah um, it's quite difficult during the holidays because obviously it's just you on your own doing it yeah absolutely so you have to like kind of push off yourself and really have the drive yeah. to so and for that do you both go do you both attend the gym in the summer for example and yeah yes, and yeah. Stuff? yeah. <laughs> yes yeah. yeah i mean i've got um road bikes so i do a lot of road okay, cycling okay. Um, yeah. which i imagine is very transferable yes yeah right? it's just sort of the fitness and also the leg muscles um very surprisingly how quickly you can go from being really fit and having good good scores on the rowing machine and then you get a, get a week off term you have a bit of a relax day oh, you know, i've earned this mm-hmm. and then you get back then you're like oh hold on a minute it's quite tough yeah um but i think we should if we go back to sort of about the henley so um when we when we got there sort of tuesday morning to buy the boat tent um as there's there's about 
a big boat tent by the river um, where we sort of all keep our boats mm -hmm. um, and sort of we did a paddle in the morning, uh, woke up about 7 a.m., got yeah, on the water yeah. before the racing started. Um, then we sort of had a large amount of teachers come um, to watch. So we sort of went and greeted them yeah. um, after about a two hour rest back at um, a um, house we we're staying at. Yeah. Bit of sleep. Bit of sleep. Um, sort of got, sort of calm down the nerves, not get mm. too excited yet, um, as otherwise it just exhausts you. Um, so yes, yeah, so we came back, uh, meeted all the families, um, the OBs uh, who used to row at Bryanston, um, and then we sort of we went back to the boat tent for about um, it's about an hour and a half, hour, hour, and, a half, yeah. hour and a half. We're just sort of stretching, getting our minds in the zone, mm. um, and just thinking about what we need to do. And uh, then it was about so our race was three fifteen. Um, so we sort of two two twenty five. We got hands on the boat. So sort of um, at that time, all of our um, sort of parents had and some other OBs had sort of gathered out. Side the out. yeah outside the tent. So when we got the boat, got it out, um, sort of big clap, um, and then we just set off to do a bit of uh, do our last warm up on the river. And there's something really important to add. So like we got a lovely stretch of river at this uh, school, but it's being it with it being private and um, a bit too calm, you just can't ever recreate the conditions you have at Henley. Yeah. At Henley, there's boats constantly going up and down, yeah. washes. Yeah, um, you also have a lot. Uh, we had, which was unfortunate, but we we managed to get a bit used to it during the um, sort of sessions we did beforehand. We definitely um, progressed a bit over the couple of days. Yeah, we there was a dealing with the wind. Big mm -hmm. big headwind we've yeah. had. Um, we had and we had that on the Tuesday, so we sort of got the boat up. Um, we're up the start line and. Um, it was, I mean, for me, sort of time was going yeah, so quick. It went very um, quickly. Yeah. Well, so we had 15 minutes and then we had one minute. Has basically the, your sporting years, have they basically built up to that yeah. moment in a while? Yeah. Henley yeah. is the big. So we've been doing it goal. for the last four years. The yeah. AT's been doing it for the last five years. Yeah. Um, as all, all of our first Henley, uh, hopefully not our last. Yeah, hopefully we're going about that next, next year, year in mm. a different boat, though. Yeah, and boys, just before we move, I am going to ask you a bit about next year. So, did you get a chance to engage in the sort of more social side of Henley? I saw the whole club basically went down, right? And you mentioned yeah, the no, OBs there. It was brilliant to yeah. see everyone there. Yeah. Because um, I really, I really think that we might have inspired the young gears to mm. really push and continue and have that drive mm. to get there themselves. Mm. Uh, some of them said to me uh, earlier today that they want to take that eight there, which would be really cool to see. And so moving on to that then, you boys, I, I hope and presume you're, you're intending to row next year, right? Yeah. So uh, is, ha, are there people coming in who can fill those spots in, in, in the boat? Well, we don't know. We don't know. Um, at the moment, we've got three people that we know uh, definitely can row in the boat. Yeah. Uh, so we're hoping maybe to do a quad or a four. Okay, so you might, um, you might, you might trim down. Yeah, so we do, need, we do need one other person, ideally, yeah. um, to, to get get there so yeah uh, a bit of a tough one there yeah and and uh, is is the club in a good place going into next year in general i mean it has been better yeah it could be better yeah. uh, we don't actually have any bees rowing at the moment okay right which so. is really unfortunate um i think that's mainly due to covid mm, of course because um, rowing is such a 24 7 sport, yeah right? yeah and i think when we were in young years in dnc we really saw um the current a2s and before them 
who are going up on stage, getting all these awards and doing really well and having some su- some success, um, which we which we we have done, but because we've had COVID and we haven't really gone to that many races over the last couple of years, uh, people haven't seen that. Yeah. So at the end, of, so it, it does feel like a little bit of an end of an era in, in respect is. this year. It really but, is. Yeah. But hopefully, one you know, the phoenix can rise out the ashes. I think once it will. Again. I think it will. Um, and and hopefully, younger year groups uh, inspired by you two. We've certainly enjoyed listening to you. Thank you very much, Jamie and Thank Adam, you. for joining Thank us. You. We wish you a lovely uh, summer holiday. Congratulations to Adam once Thanks again. So much. His, uh, and his uh, appointment this evening um, and yeah look forward to hearing more about Briar, uh rowing next year we're going to play another quick song by the Beatles and when we come back we're going to be talking world sport and starting with cricket
So welcome back to all you Bri Radio listeners. The time is nine o'clock or there or thereabouts. And we're moving into our world sports section. We're going to be kicking off with cricket. Of course, you can get in contact if you want with all the usual methods. Most of all, uh, texting us on double six triple seven, starting your message with the letters B R Y. That's for Bri. Um, and we're going to be talking cricket, as I said. Um, and first of all, we're really going to be talking about the kind of headline phrase that's on every England cricket fan's uh, lips at the moment. Yes, it's Basball. It's that eureka sort of solve everything uh smash the ball out the ground that seems to be uh working so well for england boys what have you made of this simply unbelievable uh test series against new zealand uh hugh you kick us off well i mean what it's an incredible transformation to having not won one a single one one of 17 tests i think it's been to then come out and beat the world test championships 3-0 playing an incredible start of cricket which I think it, it's it's almost one day cricket to be honest, which is what Brendan McCullum unintentionally revolutionised for the white ball side, mm-hmm. and so to to do what he's done is is quite amazing. Yeah, what you mean by that, I guess, is that he it was his New Zealand team right that inspired the the white ball revolution that happened about eight years ago. Uh, of course, we will move on perhaps to mentioning, obviously, the man who, who was the main instigator equally on the English side behind that was Owen Morgan, who has now retired, obviously. And we'll move on to that as well. But yeah, absolutely, Hugh. I, I 100% agree with that. It does feel a bit like that sort of 2015 white ball moment uh, for the test matches. Um, Mr. Morris, what have you made of it? Uh, we're going to win it all. We're going <laughs> to win it all and we're going to chase down 290 every game. And I'm absolutely here for it. Yeah, I mean, it, you can't really, you can't really not be a fan of it, right? It's kind of watching it at times felt like, I don't know, a bit like what you kind of dream Test cricket to be like. You had, you know, the usual still England, you know, losing a couple of wickets up top, and but then Joe Root coming in, you know, playing incredible shots at the other end. Be- Johnny Bairstow and Ben Stokes, tr- uh, kind of uh, bringing the 2020 game. Uh, into wa- uh, whites and, and red ball cricket. I mean, it really was astonishing. So uh, there must be more highlights from that series than there have been from England's test cricket for about a year, to be honest, before that. I mean, I just, you don't really know where to begin. But let's start with Joe Root. I mean, because I guess questions might have been asked having having lost the captaincy, whether he'd keep up that same rich vein, vein of form. I think we'll all agree he's more than answered any questions about that. Hugh? I mean, he's he's in equally incredible form. The, the shots that he played, the two reverse ramps, I think both, they were both off Wagner, both for six over third man. It's ridiculous. It's, it's test match cricket, but yeah, I mean, it's... Because bowlers in Test Match Cricket, they've been reared. It's You've got to bowl outside off. You've got to keep to your lines. not like 2020 where you can vary it about. The fact that he's so confident in his ability to just go, no, right, I know where he's going to pitch this ball, and then just switch left-handed and hit it over his head for six. It's ridiculous. The idea of a batsman reverse ramping a quick bowler in a Test Match would have been complete madness even up to about five years ago, I'd say. And I mean, for this England test team, we've seen shots like that from Ben Stokes when he's batting with like the tail end. But I mean, for Joe Root to do it on about 20-odd not out, when we're, you know, in the past, we would have been batting to save a game. Here it happens to be that we're chasing down a score because we're in that unbelievable mindset. Um, Mr. Morris, what do you make of Root? Um, 
Well, having been fortunate enough, both myself and Dr. Pun, to grow up in an era of English cricket where we had Alistair Cook and Jonathan Trott, Ian, Ian Bell, Bell yeah. Peterson, yeah. Um, and players like that where we got to watch people bat properly and lovely all in our all in our childhoods. To watch Joe Root play, um, it's just a joy every time he goes out to walk, every time he walks out to the middle. Um, and I think he can have a better role model for English cricket, whether he's captain or not. Yeah. I think he goes out the game in such a positive way. And he's so different to that what most people might associate with Baz Balls being positive to those high strike rates and mm. big booming sixes. He's still going at like 75, 80 strike rate, but he's constantly making making plays and making things happen. And he's just such a such a rock for that England batting order. Yeah, it's interesting. Those three players you mentioned there, Cook, Bell and Peterson, he's almost like a blend of all of Absolutely. them. Right? Like the, the defensive capabilities of, of Cook, i.e. like he is technically unbelievable, the grace and elegance of Bell, and then with that kind of flair and aggression, and albeit in a quite understated way, of Peterson. Someone who has very much kind of overt aggression and not understated at all is uh, Johnny Bairstow, who this uh, series has taken his batting to a level that one probably thought was beyond 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 reach for any batsman. Hugh, what have you made of his transformation this well, series? He's hit over three hundred runs off less than two off less than three hundred balls in the series. So he's going at over a hundred in Test match cricket. If he's doing that in the white ball white ball team, then that that's ridiculous enough. The real it's it's amazing, but I don't. Would you say he can do that every week? Well, there's, that's the question. I mean, obviously, it might sound a bit boring and a bit naysaying, but it is worth asking. Do we think this is going to be sustainable? For example, you know, get on a, one of those turning pitches in India like they had to face uh, a year ago. Are we going to come out and play this way every time? Um, I'm not sure we can't play this aggressively every time. I think English conditions can lend it to being this aggressive where it, it, you can look to take the swing out of the occasion yeah. by coming down the pitch or yeah. looking to just sort of swing from the hip and negate the swing. I think in India, it would make it much harder. But I mean, I'm all for it. Give it a go. If it, if it, oh. if it doesn't, if it doesn't, um, if it doesn't work in India, then um, yeah, we live and we learn. But it was very, I thought it was very interesting what McCullum had to say following the test match. Um, he came out and just said, it's interesting, actually, it's Zach Crawley saying he's not going to be the world's most consistent player, but he's the type of player that's going to win us test matches. And I thought it was really interesting insight to him and as a coach, how he doesn't want everyone to be inconsistent all the time. If someone comes out and whacks 160, yeah, that's that's the enough runs for three or four people to get a fail. But if a couple others chip in, then we're right in the game. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's that old adage that, you know, getting 60s every week ain't going to win you anything. It's We want batsmen to make play big, um, kind of match-defining innings that we haven't seen for a long time. Uh, from any English player, really, up until firstly Root's rich vein of form towards the end of his captaincy, and now, hopefully, bringing with him Bairstow um, as well. Ben Stokes' captaincy, people, because, you I mean, if you think, we kind of knew, didn't we, that when McCullum and Stokes brought to get, were brought together, it was going to be exciting, if nothing else. But I think, do we agree that he's really shown, actually, that he underpins that aggression with real a real cricket brain and tactical mouse? Yeah, so so everyone was not probably not scared. That's the wrong word, but they were they thought that maybe Ben Stokes would go down the lines of the likes of Ian Botham, Freddie Flintoff, even Kevin Peterson, cricketing geniuses for England who've been given the captaincy, and they flopped. But you can see on the field his, like all the newspapers 
were crediting his captaincy for the first time for an Englishman in years. Not not just the bowlers, but the field he's setting, his bowling changes. There were about three overs in a row where he changed the bowling each time and each one picked up a wicket or a maiden. It's quite incredible. Well, I think what's a real favour in his cap as well is the way that Jack Leach has you know a very under uh, sort of undersung player in that team uh not going to make too many headlines but in that final test match got a man of the match award being the first spinner since Derek Underwood I think in English conditions to get uh English spinner to get 10 or 5 wickets in both innings maybe Swan got 10 in a match but a 5 for in both innings effectively um and he bowled really well I thought Mr Morris did you see much of Leach in that final test yeah no, I did I thought it was interesting what Stokes did with him when he opened the bowling with him I thought it was something that we would never have seen under Root no. or Cook or Strauss. Apart I think that's, from on an absolute raging turn. I think it was such an interesting tactical call from Stokes to back his back his man like that. And Leach has repaid his faith. I mean, I don't know how many times Leach has had bad luck over the last few years, um, being out the side or not picked. And, and to, to show up at Headley, a notorious seam bowling ground. And for a spinner, I think he was only the third third English spinner at Headley to take 10 in the game. Oh, wow. Um, that is some achievement. That, that is some achievement. And, you know, I feel like he's been under a lot of pressure recently. Obviously, there was a lot of talk about Parkinson. We then saw that maybe, you know, actually the reality is, even with a leg spinner, you can overhype someone a little bit. He made, he played that one game, right? There were positive signs, the stuff to work with, certainly. But he showed, once again, he's not going to be the answer to England's spin bowling problems. And there's often this perception, you know, someone like Jack Leach, a fairly bore... Well... Uh, you know, a, a fairly orthodox left-arm spinner. That there's always going to be the grass is always going to be greener on the other side. There's always going to be someone in county cricket who's more exciting. But then you, we we pick Parkinson, and then actually a lot of us felt, you know, this guy's bowling a bit slow. He doesn't perhaps quite look ready for Test cricket. They then go back to Leach, and Leach, you know, having injured himself, then really shows uh, what he's made of, and really shows his quality. I think, chaps. Staying on the bowling for a second, I think, I don't know, what did you make of Braun and Anderson? I was impressed by them coming back. I thought they, they delivered. Well, I, yeah, I think they've, they've, they're certainly pretty much back to their best. I think the attack is a bit one-dimensional. Potts gives a bit, but with Broad, Anderson and Potts, is, it's all pretty similar. Jamie Overton came in, tried to give a bit of difference, but I think you, you need a Joffre, mm. an Ollie Stone, a Mark Wood in the attack. And that's when they can really come to the fore. If they're holding an end, and then you can let Joffre fling down some bounces. Even Jack Leach, he's now proved that he can hold an end. And then at the other ends, you can let the seamers attack, let let them swing the ball if he's just drying up the runs. Yeah, I think, um, like um, Hughes just said there about Jack Leach holding up an end, I think it was a massive part of the se- part of the series was Leach's ability to hold up an end compared to Bracewell of New Zealand where he Bracer wasn't able to actually give any respite to the New Zealand teamers. So when the likes of Bairstow and Stokes were coming in, they had free reign of tired New Zealand quicks, yeah. whereas when our albeit slower and more one-dimensional attack came on, they'd, they were well-rested and Leach had given us that sort of that rest period for our seamers so they could come back fresh and come up with good spells. Yeah, it is going to be interesting, isn't it? The, the, you know, I think McCollum has shown his blueprint in terms of how we're going to bat going forward. I wonder, you know, the bowling still feels a little bit like, well, show up in English conditions, give the ball to Anderson and Broad and see what happens. Absolutely. Right? The leech was a massive, the leech thing was a massive positive. I think, Phil, I agree with both of you in that it will, I think going forward, 
knowing McCullum, as I think we do, the, the minute he gets a chance to pick one of those quick bowlers, you, as you mentioned, he'll get them in the mm. team, right? So, Test Cricket, another one tomorrow. Um, is it tomorrow? Yeah, the India series starts tomorrow. Well, the, India, the India decider. Where's it being played here? Uh, Ed- Edgebaston. So, Man- Manchester have missed out on one. Game. It was meant to be played there last year, but... Yeah, it's coming to Edgebaston, so I imagine the Hollies are going to be absolutely bouncing. Yeah, and to remind our listeners, that's the series that was tied two all before. Let uh, sorry, two one, one I think two one. Sorry, uh, thank you, thank you, Hugh. Before, in slightly controversial style uh, circumstances, given that the IPL was looming large, I- India basically said the bubble. I think was proving a bit much. Am I right with all of that, Hugh? Yeah. My memory from last summer isn't isn't as isn't as strong as as yours. Um, uh, and so, you know, it's exciting. It's an exciting chance to, for this England team uh, to pit themselves against, you know, a very strong India team. How, how are we calling this going? Yeah. I, I think with um, England's momentum, they've got to be the favourites. With the way they're playing, basketball, if they can pull it off again, they're, pro- they're most likely going to win. India haven't been playing too much test cricket. And given there's there's a lack of form amongst their players, I think... Rohit and Rahul, KL Rahul, the two main run scorers who pretty much propped up the series for them last year. They're both out. Virat Kohli's not hit 100 in ages. They've got quite a young um, three and five. Jasprit Bumrah is actually captaining India for the first time in his career. And given he's not captained at a particularly high level before, it would be quite interesting to see how it goes. And I guess a big question they will have to ask themselves is, are they which, what, which of the two great spinners are they going to go for? Or are they going to pick them both right? Edgebaston, I mean, that historically does turn a bit. So I don't know what wicket will, will be rolled out and whether they go with Jadeja or Ashwin or, or both of them. Well, I mean, they've both got great all-round capabilities. Ash, Ashwin's hit five test hundreds, which is more than Zach Crawley, Alex Lees and Ollie Pope combined. Yeah. So <laughs> if he's going to be batting down the order at probably seven or eight, so if Jadeja... Jadeja's picked, um, then he'll be batting at eight. So that's some ridiculous batting strength. Yeah, but I you'd, mean... You'd also must say that if either of them were available for England, they'd be straight in. Oh, straight in the team. All, all three formats. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Probably a good segue into talking about another... Uh, well, actually, no. Let's first of all talk women's... The, let's stay on test cricket and do it thematically. We'll talk the women's test uh, recently. So England have been playing South Africa in a very hard-fought game. It's, it's very rare that women's cricket get test matches... Uh, these days but be, I mean whenever they come around uh, at least the English players seem to get really excited about them uh, and I genuinely get the impression that, that they love playing this format and I think you know it was firstly sidelined a little bit about 10 years ago when suddenly women's 2020 and 50 over cricket started to get really exciting but I think some of that now has translated down to the test game. And I think this recent game has shown that. I mean, Nat Sivers played an absolutely unbelievable innings, right? Here. Yeah, Nat Sivers played brilliantly. And that it's just showing that these women, they can perform. I don't think there's any reason that you can't be playing them. They they all obviously want to play. As soon as the schedules are announced, they're, they're all saying, yes, there's another test match. The only problem is with these test matches is they have four days. And with the technical soundness that women cricket seems to provide um they there's been so many draws i don't think england have had a result since 2015 so if you're going to add a fifth day then i think that's going to create even more excitement maybe even have a series have when we go over to the ashes maybe have a three test two test series australia coming here yeah yeah i mean they're such fans of that multi-format approach aren't they but 
you know, it'd be interesting to find out from the England players what they'd actually want, whether they prefer just to play a straightforward test match, Ashes series, followed by by, by one day as in 2020s. What's happened in the in the game, Hugh? So England would de- definitely have the better of it for most of it, right? Yeah, so uh, after 150, actually, from Marazan Cap on day one, South Africa scraped 284. She was the only player to pass 30. So then um, coming into day two, Eng- um, England, well, they, eventually they declared on 417 for eight the next day after Alice Davidson-Richards on debut hit a brilliant 100. Nat Siver, her her northern partner, um, she uh, she also hit 169. So that they both got really into the runs. And then that's when rain started to hit. England, mm. quite an aggressive declaration, not a big lead, uh, trying to bowl South Africa out, but they didn't have the time. There was an absolute blinder of innings at nice watching from Tumi Seku Ukune, who batted out sorry, who batted out 134 balls to force the draw. Really, with so much rain around, it was impossible to get many O's in the South African second innings. Okay, so what sounds like a really exciting women's Test match there, and you know, I think we probably speak for several. Uh, um, several uh, uh, cricket fans where we where, by saying we'd love to have more uh, uh, women's sport. Um, there's, a, there's a security guard at the door just reminding us that our time is running out. We have got 10 minutes more uh, and that's all good. Um, so, chaps, uh, moving on from uh, test cricket, I guess, to white ball cricket. And, you know, I guess an absolute icon of the English game, and it can be called that now, has stepped down, Owen Morgan. Chaps, what have you made of Morgan's captaincy over the years? Um, I think, well, Hugh touched on it earlier with the that moment in 2015, I remember watching the World Cup. England got absolutely blown away by New Zealand at Eden Park, I believe. And um, it was sort of a, a real low moment for English cricket. And Morgan came out and said, this is the break we're going to play. Similar to Basball, we're going to back ourselves completely. Um, if we go out there and we don't bat our whole 50 and we score... 300 like this is this is the way we're going sort of come along with along for the ride with us and i think only like, time has like proven the proven the real one here as in we obviously look at 2019 and the world cup win and i think without morgan none of this happens and i think without morgan as well this current batch of test cricket that we've been playing over the last few weeks that's never coming into into english cricket i don't believe and i think morgan has got a hell of a lot to be proud of in his career I think I think all around the world he's been a been a shining light for English cricket in the way that he has opened it up to the world with us both one day stuff and his IPL contracts and showing English players that if they want to that's open for them and there's, there's an, another avenue into international cricket rather than just the test matches mm. yeah I mean I, I agree with all of that and, and I watching that one day the other day which the slightly oddly scheduled one days against against uh, Holland uh, within the within the <laughs> test series but what struck me so we, we you know in that one game where we were what a, a handful of runs short of 500 498 498 against and you might say against a minnow but I remember in the final game of the 2015 World Cup so before this revolution happened we played a game against Scotland we'd already been knocked out of the World Cup uh, we lost to Bangladesh or something to get knocked out and we then played Scot. Uh, we then played. I think it was Scotland or whatever. And, and you suddenly thought, well, hang on, hang on. This is a chance, really, for them to unshackle. 
But I remember watching the game and England kind of scrapped their way to 280 or something against a minnow side. I mean, I probably shouldn't use the word minnow, but, a, you know, a developing cricket nation. Uh, and then went and then went and just about won the game. Could you imagine that current England one day side doing that? Absolutely not. I mean, watching them against Holland, it was sheer brutality, really. I mean, the batsmanship that one saw, I mean, you know, that that lineup, and that's come from one man's kind of single mindedness of I am going to I am going to instill my vision over this team and people are going to basically live or die by it. (laughs) Uh, And there have obviously been moments where it hasn't all come together. Um, but I think in general, if you compare England white ball cricket from now to 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 Morgan's when Morgan took over, and he actually he was the the captain for a little bit during that previous era, and they entrusted him with the kind of rebuild. It's just chalk and cheese, Hugh. I mean, can you remember what England white ball cricket was like before before the current generation? Really? Oh, honestly, no. I mean, I remember the Champions Trophy, watching them get knocked out playing that exciting brand of cricket and then from then the next year they broke the world record hitting 481 against Australia which is yeah. they're the top test team in the world right now they're one of the best white ball teams so that that was incredible and now then obviously I remember them winning the world cup that was that was amazing so it's, I've never known English white ball cricket to not be strong, to be honest, under Owen Morgan. Yeah, and exactly. That's the key thing. We have Owen Morgan uh, to thank for that. So English cricket, I think we'll all agree, is in a very exciting place uh, right now. We're going to move on to talk vaguely some other sport. I, mean, I was explaining some other pundits, but I think for various reasons they might not be able to be here. Miss Morris, do you mind just checking if we, if we, if we, unless we have a cue? And I'm going to talk one thing that's been winding me up recently, and I wasn't going to talk about this because I had... Line, oh no, he's got to lock himself out. I had uh, lined up to talk uh, uh, um, to talk football and F1, but instead I'm going to talk about golf. And one thing in the sporting world that has really, you know, raised some eyebrows and 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 rightly so is the emergence of the Saudi-backed LIV uh, league. For those of you who don't know much about this or who don't follow golf very much, this is basically. A rival um, to the concurrent PGA and DP World uh, tours, which have been happily coexisting for several years now, uh, and I think most people agree, uh, even if you're not an expert on this, that golfers can make a fair, or the best golfers in the world can make a fairly good living uh, for themselves. Now, this league has emerged, and basically, it's up the ante massively. It's uh, paying players eye-wateringly huge joining fees. We're talking hundreds of millions of dollars, basically, uh, and ratcheting up uh, the winnings, uh, the potential winnings as well. Um, and some big names have joined it. So we've seen in the, in, in the, in the month that it's been running, essentially, we've seen, well, all of you fans of European golf, uh, uh, names, names that will sound familiar, people like uh, Ian Poulter, Lee Westwood, uh, Sergio Garcia, um, uh, and others, uh, and then some superstars from the PGA Tour. We've we've we, they've they've lost uh, to this league. Um, uh, uh, Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka uh, and Patrick Reed. And it's fair to say the response from the PGA Tour has been tough. They have immediately said that no player can basically play on both tours, uh, effectively banning banning these players until they renounce their uh, LIV membership. Um, but it's I think it's a really, really, really a real challenge. And it's really sort of uh, almost ripped the soul of golf apart, really, because golf, you know, money has always been part of it. Uh, but this to me just seems like 
overkill and the fact that these players keep coming up with these excuses for joining it right and it's never it's never the big word never the money word in fact a few have said that um uh but usually they try and use you know euphemisms or cover it up with other with other with other with other supposed reasons like not not wanting to play as much as the expectation is on the pga tour i'm just not convinced by it mr morris have you have you been following this at all um i have a little bit i work in an office that is pretty golf heavy um so there's some there's some strong opinions flying around the office um but no i think it's a tough one because like dr pullen said there is a hell of a lot of money at stake and four players that have maybe been on the tour for years that never really stood a chance of winning winning events on the pga tour and winning the prize money some people were saying they can understand why they're going to this new event it's big obviously we said big big signing on fees um but yeah, for me, I would respect it a lot more if people came out and just said, look, this is a, a life-changing amount of money I'm being offered to play here. I sort of have to do this. I mean, I saw a, a thing from Ke- Brooks Kepka today. He said that he's playing on it because he wants to spend more time with his family um, and it allows him more time off. And um, as opposed to the multi multi-million dollar deal he's been offered to go and play there. Um, yeah, I think I think it's above 200 million. Yeah. Um, I mean, that is an enormous amount of money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree, Mr. Washington. And I think, I think what we, what, I don't know whether you'd agree with me on this. I don't feel quite as, quite as disappointed in, you know, your sort of journeyman pros no. who have, who have done their time on the, on the, on the, the main tours uh, uh, and, are unlikely to maybe get the big wins essentially definitely you know so i'm thinking for example i i, I was fairly disgusted by the shirt he wore at his uh, his kind of <laughs> inauguration party onto the tour but people like pat perez i mean that's not a household name on the pga tour but you know he's made over 600 starts on the tour he's very unlikely to ever win an event on that again so that's not such a big deal it's these young players it's people like brooks kepka you know an undoubted uh, and Dustin Johnson, I didn't mention him first time round, right? Definitely. You know, people who are still undoubted superstars on the mm. PGA Tour, uh, who still have it in them undoubtedly to win the big events. Um, and I th- I'm, I, I, I'm shocked, but maybe maybe we shouldn't be. Should we be shocked by by professional sports people taking the money? No, I mean, I think we, we've seen similar, um, similar things across our, our other sports in the past. Um, not to the same levels of money, but we saw it in football with the Chinese Super League. Um, players often at the end of their careers going out to China earning vast sums of money uh, and it took sort of some transfers like like Oscar from Chelsea who joined when he was 24 um, and Hulk from Zenit St. Petersburg players that were Brazil internationals um, joining this league to sort of wake the rest of Europe up to maybe do something about the Chinese Super League we saw it in a sport we talked a lot about it in this show in World Series cricket in the 70s um, and I think sometimes these things, they either become mainstream or they just become sort of fads that didn't quite last and that the money will run out or something happens in said country or and these competitions sort of fade away and we and we go back to what's always been. But I think it may, for the PGA Tour, be a positive. It may wake the PGA up a little bit and realise they've got to freshen up their approach to their to their tour, which has been pretty similar since its inauguration. And... um no, I think it's interesting times ahead for the game of golf. And one final tough question for you, Mr. Morris, before before we wrap up the series is: Should we really care, for example, about where this money comes from? See, this is something I 
would say I think we should probably care about it. Um, having being an all-round sports fan, um, the 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 Saudi nation are it would appear to be sports washing a fair amount at the moment. Um, you can have varying views on the Saudi nation as such, but they've bought Newcastle Football Club recently, and Newcastle's third kit is now the Saudi colours, um, and they're they're slowly trying to buy their way into sports. They've got a Grand Prix now. Um, and, yeah, see, I, I do think we should be wary where this is coming from. And I do think some of the golfers should probably be having a more honest thought about where this money is coming from, should they be accepting it. Um, you sort of can't blame them for taking the amounts they're, being, they're taking on. But I think from a, a sport who's always had that sort of, although it's professional, it's always had that amateurism, that, that love of the game background to it. And I think events like this may take it away from away from its roots and, it makes it just less relevant to the people watching at home, and I think no one's going to get excited if Brooks Koepka goes three, three, um, three tournaments on the bounce, winning on the Live Golf Tour. I mean, no one's getting hyped about that. Yeah, and I think with those uh, wise but definitely uh, wise words, really, from Mr. Morris, we will probably conclude this show. And that's it, chaps, for season one. I hope you've all enjoyed it, Mr. Morris. Hugh, have you have you enjoyed your? Enjoyed your your appearances on the show this year? Yeah, I've absolutely loved it. So Fantastic. Yeah, I have too. Fantastic it's been a pleasure, Dr. So, so hopefully you come back and join us uh, in uh, in September. When will we be back? Hopefully back on Tuesday night with the bi-weekly show. Uh, by that time, of course, we'll be talking hockey and rugby and all sorts of winter sports. Uh, uh, but before then, I hope you will enjoy uh, your, your a long, hot summer playing, watching, and most importantly, talking sport. That's it from me, your presenter, Dr. Pullen. I'll uh, see you uh, in September, I guess. Have a lovely summer. Probably the best school radio station in the world. This is Bry Radio. Proudly sponsored by the BPA.